0: Good morning, good evening, good night, entrepreneurship and leadership channel listeners on the New Books Network. I'm here with my business partner and friend, Kiman Fontagidis. And after lots of positive feedback of our previous episode, today we're going to focus on the role of ego in business. And we both think it's important for different reasons. And Kiman, maybe you could talk to what you think the stereotype of ego in business is and what your take on it is. Compare, compare and contrast your view and the standard view.
1: I actually don't know what the standard view... I don't know what people think. I, I, I actually, I talk about ego, but I don't know if other people talk about ego uh, in terms of business. And I think we can broaden, you know, I, I we do want to focus on, on ego and what it means uh, in various aspects of business, but it's also just understanding people in business, like who you're dealing with. And so whether you're a manager dealing with an employee uh, who may or may not have an ego, or you're an employee dealing with a manager who may or may not have, a, 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 let's say, ego issues. Uh, I think it's super valuable to understand it because a lot of these things drive people's behavior. Um, I think that, I think people underestimate possibly where, where, how, how, how much this affects different areas of business because everybody thinks about like, the people represent the company and the company And the the stuff that the person is saying and doing is in the interest of the company. But in my opinion, 90% or more, I'd fathom to say 99% of what what really motivates people and gets people to do stuff is self-interest more than selfless interest. So I think that, for example, you think you're going to sell something into a company and you're dealing with that person, understanding what that person's like do they want to be the a hero of their company do they like what, how are you positioning your your service or your product are, 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 Do they want to be a hero for their company are they trying to 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 to, be, to to save their company money what are they trying to achieve and then how does that how does that their personal interests are they trying to get a promotion do they get a bonus for uh reducing costs by a certain amount or do they get a bonus for so it, it, it it's, it's 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 actually it's more than uh Ego is actually one component. It's it's something that we we you need to look out for having, a, let's say, a big ego. But there's actually lots of components of people's personality that I think are important to understand in business.
0: Okay, well, th- thank you for that. Yes, I, I think for the, for our listeners, just to give a sense of what's coming, we're going to be talking about ego in the entrepreneur's character and how it can either the way it works in the way they understand it can be to their advantage or disadvantage but also in the in the team of people around you in the managing the managing of other people and the reason i asked you to compare what your take with the standard view is that i th- i think that very often the media bigs up the entrepreneur as you know the guy with the big ego. Usually a guy, not necessarily, because you certainly have women with big egos too. But but the the, the idea that they're centre stage with the microphone and everyone's looking at them, and the successful entrepreneur has to be the centre stage guy. And indeed, obviously they are. But why? And I know we share this opinion, Kim, and why do we think that? Well, why do you think that this is sometimes a mistake and can be bad for the business if the if the the, the boss is the man with the big ego out there in front of the crowd?
1: I, I just think it's so super interesting what you brought up, actually, because, and sorry, I'm reflecting on, you know what I'm reflecting on, thinking to myself, you know, actually, to become, I don't think it's a prerequisite to becoming a successful entrepreneur, but having a healthy dose of ego and self-assuredness and uh, self-confidence uh, is gonna like it like I like I think it's quite an important component in, in becoming a self uh, you know successful entrepreneur. So here you have this interesting dichotomy, in my opinion, of like you need to be this kind of person. You need to be able like a great entrepreneur is going to be a great leader. Is going to get people to do stuff. Is going to be able to get people to do the extra mile. Very often people like that are probably going to have a big ego. So it, so real, and this is where it gets like super interesting. And I think the the genuine, let's say the creme de la creme or whatever, the, the absolute elite, they have that ability, but at the same time, they're able to check their ego. Because I think very often what happens when you get this godlike, I keep thinking of the guy from, uh. From uh, WeWork, what's that guy's name? Like that, like the, who is the WeWork? What's the WeWork guy? Uh, like he uh, was like the like rock star type. Uh, apparently, yeah, Adam, I, I,
0: uh, Adam Neumann. I think he was called, and I haven't. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know He's got he's got such a reputation. People write about him the whole time, but he uh, totally. Yeah. You know, he is the sort of stereotypical big, but like a rock star,
1: right? He was like he looked like a rock star. He acted like so, and then it's like you, 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 you know, it's very. I think you see this with with, with professional athletes and, and celebrities all the time. People start to buy into their own BS, into their own story. And, and, and you know, it's great to pump people up. It's great. But no, they're not the know-all, end-all very often of everything. And truly to be successful, you need you're going to be heavily reliant on other people. And it can't possibly be all about you. And that's where it gets, where I started to say the creme de la creme, where the real talent comes, is the people that can get people to move oceans and move mountains, basically, that have that kind of charisma and have that kind of leadership, but at the same time, recognize that you have to allow other people some space. You can't take up all the oxygen in the room. You need to be able, and you know when to do that. You know, and Obviously, there are certain times when you have to be the guy, you have to be the ego, you have to be the guy. But there's maybe a lot of times behind the scenes the stuff we we don't see. That's where they're, you know, taking a second. Uh, you know, they're taking a step back. They're letting somebody else lead. They're letting somebody else's ideas uh, come to the front. Because I just don't believe even to like I don't know what your opinion on Elon Musk is. maybe me take somebody like that who strikes me as somebody who can be very who actually generally knows how to do stuff as well. Like a lot of stuff. Like he's he's like sort of atypical. He's not just like a business. Like he actually knows how engineering and actually stuff works. But Even him, I have to believe, is taking step back to the better rocket engineer and the better, you know, uh, autonomous, uh, you know, uh, AI uh, driving system or uh, engineer or whatever. I'm sure there's like specialists in there. You know, he knows his stuff, but he doesn't. You know, he's not saying you need to cook this like this every time according to my recipe. It's just no way that it can possibly be like that.
0: I think that that makes perfect sense, and I think one of the things that leads into is how important self-awareness is that, you know, different people have a different natural predisposition to liking being in the spotlight that you get natural introverts, natural extroverts or whatever. But, you know, there's a time when there's a time when, however big or small your ego is, and at some level you've argued that everyone's self-interested, there's a time to be the person out in front. And there's a time, even if you've got a big ego, your self-interest is, is best served by putting your ego on the shelf because, well, maybe I, I know you've had a lot more experience of managing senior people over many, many years than I have because I've changed changed world a few more times than you have. But when you're leading senior people, on the one hand, it's nice for them, they may want you out in the spotlight because it adds to the status of the job they're doing. On the other hand, what can be the problem if if your ego is too big, and I think I think this is something you've been good at because you definitely have an ego. On the other hand, you know when to keep it in check. What what can be the disadvantages uh, of being the big ego CEO? And as the company gets more expand, more more successful, your ego just expands, and you get this sort of self reinforcing bubble of of big ego CEO. What what's the danger there? Do you think?
1: I mean, I don't know. It's you know, it, it's it's not. I don't think it's cut and dry at all. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's possible to be that way, and like again, I don't want this podcast to like dropping like the biggest names in business of all time. But I was just thinking about Steve Jobs and uh, how uh, you know he had what the reality distortion machine or whatever it was called. Like he basically he made he made things happen that everybody said couldn't happen by just basically sheer force. Of, well, actually reminds me of Michael Jordan as well, like just sheer force of like, we're going to do this. It's going to be done. So I think there's people like that that are flat out assholes. I mean, like, there's no better way to call them. Like they're literally assholes basically, but they're winning and getting it done. So, so the answer to your question, sir, so I don't think, so I I think I know where you were driving, That basically obviously you do need like, like For me, best practice, if we want to talk about best practice, is yes, it would be great to um, bring everybody along, give everybody a taste, share the credit, show your business is stronger if you show that there's a lot of stronger people there and all that stuff. But I do think there's plenty of cases, unfortunately, in the world where you, you have the the absolute just force of nature going forward and saying, we're going to do this and it's going to be done. And I don't care how what's in my way. I'm just going to do this and I'm going to, you know, and there's going to be some, there's going to be some hurt people along the way, there's going to be some dead bodies along the way, but, uh, you know, we're going to get this done. So, you know, I think for best practice, I'd like to see, I, I would love to see people keep their ego in check, but I think actually quite interestingly, I think you can, I think you can still be successful. The other way. I just think it's going to
0: be a less fun organization to work in. Um, yes, yes. I, I mean, to to pick a to pick an example out of fiction in in The Office, at least the the British version of The Office. David Brent, the 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 terrible boss, uh, couldn't bear not being in the spotlight. And so, even when a corporate trainer is in running some lamentable corporate training program, he sort of almost barges him off stage and insists of being sent to stage in all the role play because he wants to be in the spotlight and he can't bear. He went other- home and got a guitar. Yeah, but he 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 went home and got a guitar. <laughs> but the point was that it actually you know that kind of ego, very strong ego, often illustrates a sense of fragility (laughs) you know they it's because he's so insecure that he has to he has to push himself out there so um for anyone for anyone listening if you find that you get uncomfortable and uneasy when other people are in the spotlight then that's a good time to take a good hard look at your ego because it might be because the problem with that is that of course you don't give space for other people to be leaders and other people to develop and other people to feel responsible because if you're if you're busting them out of the spotlight then they're going to be demotivated and frustrated because you know quite often it's them who deserve to be in the spotlight because you know the successful leader is obviously the person who who uh gets the best out of other people which brings me but it might
1: but just i just i just want to tie into what i was saying before I, i i i think that for the majority of people it's a road to failure to go down the what I described, let's say, the the Steve Jobs or whatever, just to be this ruthless. The real reason it works for Steve Jobs and probably for Elon Musk as well is because they're actually incredibly talented. They actually know know a lot of stuff and they're actually right enough of the time. But the real problem with ego is when you're not as talented as those guys and you're just basically saying, we're going to do it this way, you end up in a bubble. And you don't know, like if you're not allowing other voices in and if you're not allowing other because, you know, talented voices need to shine. They're they're not going to stay in your organization. If you're going to allow them in, then you're going to make better decisions. Some of these guys, I think they're I do think that they're the exception, not the rule, the ones that succeed with that model. I think you do need to basically. uh you know, you and I actually often say this. I mean, it's like actually the the, the real entrepreneur is, is, is the one that's super talented at getting way smarter and way more talented people than themselves into the organization and to work hard and to do stuff. And then for God's sakes, if you are that kind of entrepreneur and you're not letting those people take the lead and shine and do all that stuff, well, you're making a massive mistake there. Um,
0: so, and, and certainly, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, this was a lesson I had to I had to learn because you know i did have, i i still do have a high respect for my own opinions and i i i often feel i'm right when other people disagree with me and i like being right and yet if you okay. are bringing, if you are bringing in smart people into your organization it's possible that they're going to disagree with you and you know a good a good example of this is how people behave in group discussions in the company and you know how 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 consultative you are because if you and you know, sometimes some type of leaders don't like debate in 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 board meetings. They sort of try to rig it so they'll talk to people. One or you, on mean one.
1: Like, uh, you mean like you uh, mean like 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 in man- like if there's a, a group of managers together and a group of managers and the person in, the person in
0: charge doesn't want people contradicting them or disagreeing with them during the meeting right. because 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 they they feel you know. Undermined, threat Yeah, that's
1: well. That sounds horrible. I mean, that sounds horrible. Like, don't even bother having the meeting. That's just a fake meeting. Then, <laughs> that's right. not even a real. That's not even a real meeting. If people are having meetings and they're not, they're not. uh You know, they're not able to speak their opinion or or mm. say what they think because the boss is going to get. Uh... But yeah, so it is true though. Like, it's interesting because like I always, I always try to think when I was managing. I always just think. I couldn't care about being right. That is, being right actually is all about, it was 100% about ego. The real question is, is this what's best for the company right now? Is this the best possible thing for the company right now? Is this how, how is this going to affect the short term and the medium term and the long term? Basically, every single decision needs to be looked through that, that prism, basically, um, and not through, oh, it was my idea or I like, yeah, and I, I've seen this a lot. And this had, so this has beyond, like this is beyond management or sorry, lead, um entrepreneurship. It's like people, take, but it's, it's so interesting what you just said, it's Like people take a position and they're going to, it's like a, they take a mound, they're going to defend this position. Whatever this position is, it's an idea that we need to do content marketing, whatever. I'm just going to throw something out there and we really need to do this and they'll take that position. And then that turns into an ego issue. It's, it's because I've taken this position and, you know, and I've seen that with, with, uh, with and then you've got two managers who are taking positions <laughs> and then you have to deal with that it's just i think but it's it, it it's just not it's not constructive uh, actually for the company and that but that, yeah. anyway that's that's so, understanding so, so, ego is also important
0: so so if you if you're thinking about the ego of the people in your team who report to you to either junior or senior senior managers what sort of things do you i'm trying trying to make this practical what sort of things do you do you try to look out for which either might be red flags that this might be a problem down the line or, or, you know, people need managing. Sometimes you need to give them feedback and say, this isn't a good behavior or that it is a good behavior. But what is either a sign of someone being very, you know, lightly high flyer who's got potential to be a leader and grow in the organization, or on the other hand, the kind of red flag where you think, wow, that person's got an ego problem and therefore I need to talk to them to explain why this isn't going to be potentially good for them in this organization.
1: Well, I mean, I think you're back to, I think we're back to the beginning of what I said. Actually, you want the people with the big ego. (laughs) Basically, basically, let's be careful, big, whatever. You don't obviously want people with sort of like major ego issues. But generally, again, I do believe that with an ego comes uh, self-assuredness, self-confidence, ability to get stuff done. At the end of the day, my personal opinion about this is uh, you need to – I don't care. That's my answer, actually. I don't care. I want to get results, and I want the, the, the these people – let's see how good and talented they are. Are they really good at getting results and doing what they're supposed to be doing, whatever that is? If they're really talented at that, then the only other thing I care about is that they're not harming or impairing other people's ability – to do the best that they can. So any conversations I may have is so I would not go with the cookie cutter method saying, Oh, you've got a big ego. You're out. I would say as long as you can have a huge ego and you can say you're the best in the world and awesome at doing everything. If you're doing your job well, and pretty much not bothering the other people in the company and are, and and are being successful, I'll find a way to incorporate you because like, because that I, I, I always find like trying to put people in these cookie cutter things is actually very limiting. You don't. You, knew, uh, you need to be able to work with all kinds of people and people with big eagles are people are people are people too. And there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of benefits there, but it's about understanding is, I think where where you're asking is understanding the damage that somebody like that can do if it's not. So that's, you need to be aware of it. and You need to manage, just make sure that, you know, clear, very clear boundaries about um, what's the culture of the company in terms of be, being respectful to others. Cause I think that's generally the area where you're going to, where you're going to run into trouble with with with, with know it alls and people that want to they're just they, they may be dismissive of other people and stuff like that and that's the communication that you need to um that you need to focus on now and obviously there's cases where you need to fire people like that but I would be like I think talented people are I mean the whole thing is based on people and talented people are obviously hard to find so you need to find ways to work with talented people if they're not and if they're not perfect in in every way. <clears throat>
0: Yes, I and to answer the question, I asked you the sort of things that um, you know, I would be looking out for is if someone's bad at handling criticism or they're or they're criticizing other people in the organization, or when something good has happened that they're responsible for, they they take it all they take it all on themselves that like I was brilliant, rather than if they start drawing attention to successful people in their team, like they're they're boosting other people supporting other people that I, I think these are signs that someone, I'll I draw, draw a distinction between self-confident and big ego that I think possibly, you know, we haven't uh, defined, I think you studied psychology. I didn't, we haven't defined the term, but for me, someone who's putting themselves forward at one level is good, but another, yeah, as we both agreed in this call, um, this podcast recording the, you know, it's about the organization as a whole. So I I think there are some characteristics which can be, sort of red flag ish in terms of which you you you've put down to um to culture, I think, you know, being being critical. You don't want ourselves in the team, basically. Full stop end of story, do you?
1: No, 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 you don't. As I said, but I I, I what I, I guess what I was trying to say is that I have a tolerance. Uh I think it's I think it's I think particularly as an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, as you get more established, you can be more picky. maybe (laughs) but like when you're getting started you got to take what you can get and if you if you're going to put people in cookie cutter and they have to be exactly like this exactly like that i just want to i'm just saying that there's there's a certain level of um behavior there's a range of behavior that's acceptable and that's unacceptable and i think that you know if you can if, if even if somebody trends on the edge toward unacceptable as long as they don't cross the line and you make it clear about the line they might not be optimal in a lot of ways but uh I just think you need to be. I, I th- personally, I think that this is actually uh, actually a very important thing for an up and coming entrepreneur. You're not going to get get getting people to do stuff well. It's like should be your number one priority, and then I would be worried about the, everything else secondary because I just think that somebody that actually wants to work with you in your in your young growing company and has talent, yeah. That's where you, that's where you come in. That's where the skill of management comes in. How do you manage those talented people that are not perfect, maybe in some interpersonal ways? I mean, it's, this is we're taking we're going on a tangent a little bit here, but I think it's an, but I do think it's an interesting. It's I, an I, interesting I think you've ta-
0: you've, t- you've touched on something that's <laughs> fundamental and incredibly important, which is the importance of managing people well. And I, I think it's obvious that it's it's obvious to us both. It's obvious to me and you that we to manage people well, you need to know them and different people have different personality types and to to motivate, pe- to motivate people, you need to know what motivates them. And some people are very focused on money and financial bonus. Quite often, the entrepreneurs under under the skin is quite interested in the financial results and they then assume that money is the key motivator for everyone else, which isn't true. Money is important, but it's not the only thing that some people care about and some people care more, other people care less. So, i think part of part of the reason to think about your own ego and the level of ego desire to be in the spotlight among the people who report to you in your team is in order to figure out the right way to motivate them and some people will be delighted to be in the company newsletter you know get their profile there and be on the company website and the, and the one thing that i was actually thinking of earlier when you were speaking was you have to be very sensitive that some people care desperately about their status within the organisation and who reports to who. Their place in the organisation chart is almost an issue of resigning from the company. They care more about that than anything, and I think that's to do with ego and insecurity. So, and it, and you 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 can't always accommodate people because, in order to manage people, you need to be able to give them feedback and constructive criticism and know when to say no. So let's just tangent slightly into the managing of people that I've been saying, you need to know ego. You've been saying it's more important that they do well than to understand that. Well, I'm not sure quite what you're saying, but you're saying the key thing is results. <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm
1: glad you don't know. I'm glad that you don't know exactly well, quite what I'm saying.
0: Well, and yeah, maybe, maybe that sounds a bit harsh. <laughs> 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 um, can you, can you elaborate on the right way to manage people, taking into account their egos, but maybe that's not the only thing. What do you think, if you want to get the best out of people- I know, I want
1: to touch, before I do that, I want to touch on uh, um, something you said, which is just, which is actually not, I actually don't think it's connected to ego, which is this, this caring about status and job titles and stuff like that, which is a thing, which is a huge, like, so from, like, this is like, this is probably one of the most annoying things for me as an entrepreneur. And this man this is, and this is not this is just because I come from a different background. This is where I need to understand other people basically. I come I, I never had a job in any corporation. I never so I, I didn't I didn't go through any of that. I just set up my own companies and did it as I thought best. But what I very quickly found was people really, really, really care about their title. And they're ranking in the system. They want to see a whole system in an org chart. They want to have it all thought out. And I'm the junior and I'm three levels up. And how many steps away am I from the CEO and all that? And I was just like, what the hell? Like I used to, at the beginning, I used to be like, hey, anybody can make up their own titles. I didn't give two craps about titles. But then basically I just, I basically started, had to start taking it more seriously. But just, I actually don't think this has anything to do with ego. I think this is like the rat race that we have going in edu- in our education systems and in, in, in just the general basically it's our education system, basically is we we need to have structure and reward. And I know the A comes after B, A comes before B and one comes before two, and it goes one, two, three, four. And I think that's how we've we've been uh taught and trained like that basically, uh as animals <laughs> through this system. As so we come into work and they've continued to add this system of in these corporations of you go after you want to get the bigger piece of cheese, you just keep going a little higher. You do this, you do that, do the other thing to get up there. So I think that's what a lot of people focus on. Uh, and while I kind of think it's kind of silly, uh, you know, I the companies I've been involved with have had to adapt actually and had to actually cater to this uh, to this way of thinking. So I, I I think that that that's just a total side note tangent that's not directly kinetic, but I actually don't. I think that the 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 job title thing actually. Cut, the, my personal opinion: the source is actually the way we've been brought up, and the way we've been raised, and the way we've been taught uh, what success means and how progression means. Because everybody wants to feel like they're making progress, and so following uh, some career path is a way of sort of saying, "I'm I'm I'm making progress."
0: Um, no, totally. So basically, you've you've demonstrated a good example of why your robust ego was good for the organization, that you didn't care, but you you didn't... Sorry, you didn't care about status and job titles, but because the people in the organization did, you had to modify to them because that's the way the culture is. And, you know, Poland, where most of the early employees came from, is a highly competitive... It's not just a Polish thing, but it's a highly competitive educational system where everyone gets a ranking, everyone knows how they've done and how all well their co, co the people they went to school with Did And, you know, I would argue that certainly in the case of my education, it was highly individualistic and highly competitive. So uh, everything to do with like how good you were, was measured in terms of a result. And I think people carry that forward into the workplace, which is very potentially damaging, because the best successful organizations a good uh, group achievement team achievement is you know you can't look at a Toyota and say I built that as one person the oh, I don't know anything about the culture of Toyota other than they're a highly successful company but th- it's the outcome of building great cars or whatever else they build, not the individual effort of an individual person that that is the the, the key to their success but let, let, let's let's tangent back to the question I asked that you didn't get to which is about bringing, bringing the best out of people in terms of your managing of people. Um, what can you share about that? because I think ego knowing the yeah knowing I don't wanna, the...
1: I don't want to go too far away from the ego topic but I, I so I'll just because it's that that's a very very, very broad uh, question but I think in the context of what we're talking about here, it's understanding people and I remember at one point uh, at Argos we did the miles the Myers Briggs personality test. We actually did that amongst the managers and that was fun um it was like it allowed you to see but basically the 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 real value of it i mean apart from whatever this person is that and like you know this personality mixes well with this one this one doesn't mix well with that but really the real real lesson was people are different people perceive things differently uh people perceive communication differently some people need certain types of communication other people need other types of communication that maybe seem counterintuitive to you because you're this type of person and just the fundamental of let's say extrovert versus introvert. Um, And so I think that is the big lesson. And that's sort of what I've been sort of touching on is that like every, like people are different just because you think a certain way doesn't mean other people think a certain way. And if you want to get the best out of these people that I assume you've hired them because they have certain talents so, you know, you're 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 happy with their with their raw talents and their abilities, but how do you get the most out of them? You definitely need to cater to these things. Now, whether, you know, if it's going to be somebody, as we said, somebody who's going to be driven ABC, how do I get up the ladder? That's a that that that's that that's one way to do it, right? But there's another person that's just just fascinated with the puzzle. Like this is just like the coolest puzzle. How to solve this problem? This, this, this is like the cool I love this puzzle. And so, like, then how do you give that person sort of the environment that they can do puzzle-making or puzzle-solving, basically. Um, then you have, you know, you, you anyway, it, it goes on and on and on. There's a lot of different types of people. And if you can sort of fit the, if you basically give people jobs that they want, that, where they feel happy and that they they want to do it and they enjoy the environment, you know, stuff like money and stuff like that, they're important, but they really do become secondary. Like the most important thing is to find to be able to work in an environment and do stuff you want to do that's meaningful to you, whatever that means. Because meaningful can mean different things to different people.
0: Yes. And, and you know, there's a point here that I think is really important in terms of recognizing that people are different, that sometimes, you know, the entrepreneur who starts, like I'm talking about the bootstrap, it starts, it's just her or just him, and then they they begin to grow. And then they've got this idea of what they're meant to do. And I remember one startup I invested in that failed miserably, and the CEO, she thought, oh, well, they hadn't got any customers. We hadn't got any customers. I was the sole funder of this business. And she started dragging people down to the park to play Frisbee without any sense that this was, you know, what people wanted to do. And she just decided that startups startups should play Frisbee and so that's what they, and I. she sent me these photos, very proud of herself. Look, I've got them playing Frisbee. And even her phrasing, I've got them playing Frisbee, like she had imposed her view of what should happen. And it was, and, and there's a very, um, and I think I'll, I'll, there's a good solution to this problem. Like if you're trying to figure out the kind of activities to integrate people and bring people together, um, what sort of activities should you impose on the, should you impose on the organization, Kim?
1: Impose? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this is always this is always a challenge. Uh, I mean, like basically, I would say there's fa- like like I think there's phases of of life and phases of a business, and I think that if you're young, if the company's very young and the founders are very young and they don't have people that don't have kids and stuff like that, I think you pretty safely just start out by going out. To bars and stuff. Now over time I've learned that not ever just like I was explaining, people are different. Not everybody likes to go to bars and not everybody likes to drink. Totally. So but totally. like uh but like going out to like that was like the base thing like because like people were young, you know, uh and single and they you know people tended to like to be out with other young uh young people and so going to bars was like the easy 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 way. Uh and but then it's so funny because as the company matured, as, as people started getting married and having kids of their own the things that they got that they, they were interested obviously also changed. now now you have doesn't mean you didn't have any young people then you have different groups you have young people that still want to party and do that stuff now you have like the the i wouldn't say even older people but it's like old people i'd say older older young people that have like they have young families and stuff like that and so like how do you find activity so like i've gone through various various iterations of this the best thing though i did by far, and I don't know why we're talking about this now, but it was, the best thing by far that I did was in terms of ideas that would uh, that would uh, help get the, the company sort of integrated, but also sort of solve this issue of not everybody likes to party, was we started to do sort of charity initiatives together. So we used to work with some local orphanages and just do various different things, either like a picnic and play volleyball, or I, we took them once to the chocolate factory or whatever, did stuff with them. But what I found by this, so this was like a non-drinking event that that actually had, that attracted another different group of people in the company uh, to it. Um, but what I found, and I, I, it wasn't easy to get the volunteers. Like there was never like more than like 10 of us at a time. It felt like it was like, and even though the company was well over a hundred people, it was, it, it didn't seem like there was ever ever more than like 10 people. But what I was, was fascinated with was even the people that didn't go, they were proud of it. They were telling People, you know what we do as a company. We we help, like we go and we work with kids and we do this stuff. So even so, it's like so that 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 was actually an integration without even an actual, without even actually doing the activity. The fact that this activity took place and was part of the company, people sort of who didn't do it grasped onto it and felt also felt like a sense of ownership and belonging to this to this thing. So anyway, high level, really, I would say it depends on the size of your business. You, but uh, you it's gonna it's gonna change over time, and you do need to be aware that there's different people the different things are gonna diff- tick different people's boxes. There's obviously old sports things and theres a, there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, I would have multiple things going uh, uh, you know but again, what I really would say is that Frisbee idea sucks <laughs> and if you're too small, you need to focus on getting clients and revenue because you're not gonna be able to like all these things are a luxury let's be quite honest, they're a luxury to be able to do those things. That's what you can start to do once you start to make money, you start to have success. That shouldn't be the default thing, but I mean, I think I'm preaching to the choir, here. that's kind of a silly...
0: You're, you're totally but, preaching I mean, to the choir. We, choir the, <laughs> you know, and, and I remember in my my um, my um new employee onboarding back in the 1990s when I was running things, I'd say to people, when I'd meet all the new employees, and I'd take them through, and like our number one goal is to keep our customers happy and make a profit, and if we're not making a profit and keeping our customers happy. Everything else fails. Everything else falls to bits, and you know you can afford to be generous and afford and you, your job and all that kind of stuff. So, but I, I think I noticed how you laughed when I used the word imposed, and I was expecting you because the one thing is you don't impose your integration on people. You 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 consult with them and you choose. And as you say, it's, it's selection stretched slightly off ego, they very cleverly tangented back into it because actually people were proud of being involved in a company. You know, it, they got personal pride out of the, something that they were collectively associated with, with even if they didn't individually participate. Um, no,
1: I, but it was hilarious because we we tried so hard to get people involved. And like, there, it, I don't see people were reluctant, but you know, not everybody wants whatever. Nobody has time. Not everyone wants to go hang out uh, with the orphanage kids and stuff like that. So I, I understand that. But so, but so, but I was surprised by that there was this whole like positive thing connected to it, even though they weren't involved with it. That's what surprised me, because obviously mm-hmm. the people that we all did it, we all enjoyed it, and and we felt good, and and we enjoyed each other's company. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, you know, yeah, I was I, thinking it's such a small group of people, but that it actually actually went in. I I thought that was fascinating. Actually, yeah.
0: I thought that was I, actually fascinating. And and you know, if if we are talking to people who are leading or will one day lead organizations, it's worth well worth remembering that it's way more powerful to have sort of corporate social responsibility that is driven by people who actually want to be involved rather than an order from the boss. Right, now we're yes. going to go. Now we're going to go and uh, pick up litter together as a company and you've got people that are doing it because you told them to rather than because they want to. And it, people will be more proud if they know that the people who did that wanted to do it rather than had to do it. And and yeah. that's that's an important, important lesson. But don't start doing all your charity stuff before you've broken the back of achieving a business that that works i just i i, I think we have pretty much got to all the things i wanted to share on this topic but is there anything else to say that we haven't said maybe ego with business partners with vendors customers other people you do i mean with-
1: look it's it's like we, we 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 started the thing talking about ego it's really just understanding
0: personalities
1: and and personality types i mean i think ego in particular is uh can be a dangerous thing. I mean, and you just need to be you just need to be aware that that's what drives what drives it. But it I also have found many times in business that it's it's an opportunity. Like knowing that the uh your client has a huge ego is awesome. Man, yes, you're, the absolutely. Best. God, you're absolutely. so smart. You're freaking like you crush it. <laughs> like I mean, do they realize how good you are, like, you know, in just, you know, so take advantage of like it's just understanding, you know, understanding how people are different. Um, it, it 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 should be is, is the takeaway for me. um
0: Yeah, yeah, and so so I I said at the beginning, self awareness is important. You know, understanding your own personality is really important. Understand, and if that if you've got a big ego, then know when you can let it out of its box and when you when to put it in its box. And you know, understanding clients, because I was I was thinking you were going to say if a client has a big ego, you have to like manage it because it's so annoying. But on the other hand, as as you. As you spotted, if they've got a big, e- big ego, maybe it's much easier to sell to them because you you know what buttons to press in order to to make them happy. And you know some some clients will want. To- but the
1: same is true with everybody. The same is true with everybody. It's like like it doesn't necessarily like big ego doesn't necessarily have to be equated with something negative. It's really what what can you work within a certain type of personality to achieve what you want to achieve uh, in business. I mean, and and really, I think, but I think that's the lesson because otherwise you have the ego if you're not trying to focus on, because it almost like bothers you, right? That that guy has an ego, so you're, but maybe that's your ego. (laughs) that's bothering you with that other person's big ego. Like recognize the other person's big ego and take advantage of it basically.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, there's also a slightly more subtle point here, which is you have to be careful about superficial impressions that sometimes what appears to be a big ego can reveal insecurities. Now, I, I remember there's one series of questions that you can ask about a potential client particularly, but I'm sure it's true of employees and everyone else is like, what do, what do they say they want? And standard Ladybird book of ABC 101 sales, like ask the client what they want and listen so it's what do they what do they say they want? And they can also be. What do they think they want, and what do they really want? And sometimes the clients are also quite, uh, what's the word, unself-aware. So you, you know, you need to look at what people do and how they behave, as well as what they say, because you know, it's really like you know, putting pieces in a jigsaw, understanding a human being. People can be quite compl- complicated, and what you see in the first meeting is different from the image they present. Isn't the real them?
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Okay. Keman. could you do, you, do you have a sort of closing thought to say about the role of e- e- ego in business? I, I feel that we've, 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 we've wrung all the juice out of this particular. I, I
1: uh, think we did. I think we, I think we, I think we covered No, I mean, look, um, in summary, I think having an ego, having a bigger ego is is actually very valuable for a lot of aspects of being an entrepreneur and being a successful entrepreneur so that's a very positive thing it's just just being aware of it that it's it's, i think it's unlikely that you're going to be in this like you know a one percent of the one percent uh in your ability to then just drive things forward without the without actually having other people around you and if you want to have other smart people around you That are engaged, you're going to have to give them some of the spotlight. You're going to have to give them some of the some of the control, some of the power. Um, And the sooner you recognize that, I think, the sooner you're going to be successful as an entrepreneur. I mean, I think uh, that don't don't let a big ego isn't a bad thing. Just don't let it limit you. Would be my summary.
0: Yeah, and I, I think just to close, I think it's a very good point on which to close. Remember that even if you are the sort of person and you want you to be in the spotlight, to be in the spotlight, let the organization you've founded. Be incredibly impressive, and the glory of the the great company you've built shine a little bit on you. And if you just put yourself centre stage all the time, probably your organisation will be a lot has a lot less chance of success than if you get everyone focusing on the purpose of the organisation. That you're doing great work, you've got happy clients, whatever it is that you, whatever it is that you do. So I think you know let let your ego be massaged and polished and burnished by the success of the organisation rather than make it the Richard Lucas or Kimon Fontekidis show. And on that note, I think we'll just thank our listeners, thank the people who edit it. Uh, If you like this, do share it, uh, forward it to a friend. And if you've got any topics you'd like us to cover, get in contact with us via the MBN. Thank you very much indeed.